Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, would you classify yourself as a dreamer or a doer? Okay, definitely. I am a dreamer um, with a very active imagination, I would say. Yeah, we, we play that game, I can only imagine, way too well. Yeah, we do. We need to focus, take our dreams a little bit, but we never want to stop dreaming. But before we let our imaginations run too wild, I remind everyone that you're listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks at GirlfriendIt.com. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, our first guest is one of those girlfriends that you feel as though you have coffee with her often. And then you realize, oh, she would not be able to pick us out in a crowd of two. She is a <laughs> recognized best-selling author, speaker, coach, and trainer. Her business books, written from a spiritual perspective, have received global recognition for the sound, time-proven principles contained within. And those timeless words have had a huge impact on Lisa and me, and we value her friendship and her insight. Well, Lori Beth Jones is a master at seeing the obvious and quickly creating a way to solve it so that it brings a lasting impact. Welcome, Lori Beth. (laughs) Thank you. I don't know who wrote that intro, but I really like it. (laughs) (laughs) Except I would be able to pick you guys out in a crowd because I would know your laughter. Oh, good. Hey, that was a good... That was a good answer. <laughs> That's and a true friend. That's a true friend, okay? That's right. Actually, we need to put that as a quote. There's, some, there's, a, there's something to be said about that. When you walk in a, in a room and you hear someone's laughter, and it, it's exactly like you said it, Lori Beth, where That's I go, right. oh, this is here. Yes. So you can hear them before you even see them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the last time we had you on our show, it both piqued our curiosity and you stirred our imagination regarding your newest book, The Contessa Chronicles, A New Vision for Heaven and Earth. So we've been waiting to have this conversation. <laughs> it, it, it's actually- Okay, I'm ready. I am so ready. <laughs> At one point, it's been a long time, I'm sure, uh, for you, having to go days without talking to us, I'm sure, has really yeah. like been a burst in your daily living. But on the other hand, it's gone so quickly. So tell us, what's going on with your new book? Well, we um, it's now available on uh, Amazon.com as an audiobook, an ebook, and a paperback book. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we are very excited about the baby's launch. I've had all sorts of showers. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> Bringing me gifts. <laughs> but, well, so. tell, tell us a little bit, Lori Beth. I know in our last show, you, um, you kind of shared 
uh, just like we said, it, it, it made, made us really go there with our imagination. But what gave you the idea for the book? And tell us a little bit more about some of the content. About some of the content. Okay. okay. Well, the, um, the premise is that, as you know, I've written so many books about Jesus, Jesus CEO, Jesus Life Coach, Jesus Career Counselor, um, Jesus, you know, Jesus, comma, everything. And as I've contemplated his life, for most of my life, it occurred to me that he was really a family man. He always talked about his father. He called us brothers and sisters. With his dying breath, he asked people to take care of his mother. And he also invited the thief on the cross to come home with him. Um, and so I started thinking, you know, he really was raised in a family. We know he was raised in a family on earth. We know he had brothers and sisters. But I started thinking about our, I made up a new word, theometry, which is our images of God, most of which came from paintings, some of which are 400 years old. You know, <laughs> God is a, an angry white man with a beard. And, uh, and then we have Jesus the shepherd wearing his shepherd's garb and, or naked on a cross. And I thought, what? But he was so much more than that. And God is so much more than that. And also in the Bible, God says, let us make them in our image. And I thought, who is he talking to? You know, and that, that doesn't even address the question of who heard him say that, but... <laughs> Who was he talking to? So I, my imagination, your key word there, started spinning out, and I thought, what if, he, what if heaven is really a ranch? And Jesus was raised on a ranch with a mother and a father and a sister named Contessa. And Contessa kept a diary, and she comes to earth at her brother's request to finish the work that he started. So... And the book is that a grieving girl who has lost her brother in a drowning accident is hiking in the wilderness, and she tumbles and falls and uh, into a canyon and starts walking, and she sees a waterfall, and she steps under the waterfall, and she finds this diary and begins to read it. So it's, it's really the story of what their life was like on the ranch, and then when she comes to Earth, which they call the Valley Land, she comes to Earth... Uh, to finish the work that he started and ends up in the pit with Skinner. Um, Skinner was the forehand on the ranch that was uh, God's favorite, and he got kicked off. So anyway, it's just <laughs> there's a lot of laughter and a lot of uh, deep thought behind it. Okay, that is fascinating. And talk about, we were, Pat and I were talking earlier about you how so many times we allow circumstances or life to just we we quit imagining and mm -hmm. let things run and what i'm sitting here listening to you it's like you have allowed your imagination to just run and then what if asking those questions what if and that a, a challenging thought because we don't take the time to ask the and let it lead to the next next thing so like when you're saying what if you know and talking about this family, and, and there was a sister. And how do you allow your imagination to just... <laughs> I want to get inside your head. What, what is going on in your head? What does it look like in there, in that world? <laughs> well, I spend a lot of time thinking. 
and I do not have a busy schedule. I don't have a lot of to-dos, and I've designed my life so that I can be that way because it takes a lot of empty space to catch a thought. Mm. And my mother was from New York, and she told my father when she married him that she wanted to give her kids a place where they could just lay in the grass and watch the clouds and dream. And that's what they did for us. So a lot of the scenes on the ranch are actually from my childhood, Um, like the first time they brought me a horse. And on the ranch, uh, Contessa, they, they tell her to come out of her bedroom, and she's... They unload out of this thunderous cloud this magnificent white horse, and she's just beside herself, and she names it Espiritu, and she jumps off and takes off running, and spirit, you know, it means spirit or the wind. And then when she gets back to the barn, Jess is standing there, and he says, well, I challenge you both to a race. And she says, what are you going to ride, your imagination? (laughs) And, And he says, no, no. Uh, Mom and Dad gave me a steed, too, and he walks around the barn. He says, come on now, come on, and he comes out leading a little donkey um, Mm. named Verdad, which is truth. And he Mm. says, someday they are both going to finish at the same time. And she says, no way. But in the Bible it says we must worship in spirit and truth. And so Jesus got the donkey, which was plodding and not flashy, which was reflective of his life on earth. And she gets the spirit horse, which she can ride and jump over the clouds, which is reflective of spirit and wisdom. Mm. Oh, okay. You, I, as, as we're sitting here, it's like, okay, you, you, I, your head, you you live in a place. I always tell Patty, you live in a land far, far away. And, <laughs> and I, I like that place. And I like your place. Um, I like what you said when you, um, you, it takes a lot of empty space to create a thought. I think that's what you said. Right. And I, don't you find that in our society, in our culture, we value and we wear the badge of busyness. Yes. And we all have to, um, you know, we, we just, we use that. We think the, the, the busier we are, the more significant we are. Yes. And yet we're, we're just, we're spinning wheels and, the things that I've really been thinking about, and one of the things going into the summer, I thought, I want to create a sustainable, significant rhythm to my life. Mm. That um, I, And I needed to be uh, have a little structure, but, a, but room for spontaneity. And like you said, those empty spaces. I, I, this is a common um, challenge of most women. How do you address, because you have to be so intentional to create those empty spaces, um, what does that look like? What would you, what kind of advice would you tell women, whether they're, you know, they have, you know, three preschoolers at home or whether they're empty nesters, it's a challenge for all of us. Well, Anne Morrow Lindbergh uh, was married to Charles Lindbergh and she was very busy as a mother. And it turns out he was very busy as a father because he had a separate family. <laughs> he, he had two families. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Um, She said, every woman deserves a room of her own, and you need a space, even if it's a Starbucks space, that's your time. This is mommy time. This is my time. Even if it's only an hour a day, many, many books were written only an hour a day. Mm. So you carve out that space, whether it's a 
you know, a corner in your bedroom or, like I said, even Starbucks. Many writers now go to Starbucks and they like the smell of coffee and they like knowing that there's always caffeine nearby and it keeps them fueled. But where you don't have to answer to anybody, where the phone that rings, you don't have, you, you turn off your phone and you get out a journal and a blank page and you start writing and thinking mm-hmm. and you just think like you, you both do. What's a wonderful what if? Mm-hmm. And then you, you draw little clouds and then you put maybe a word in a cloud or then you attach a picture to a cloud and then you see what cloud comes up beside Lori that Beth, and you jump onto that we're, cloud. Yes. We're going to have to take a break. Hold that thought, okay. but don't lose your imagination. We'll be right back okay. with Girlfriend at Radio. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Then join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget on TogiNet Wednesday nights, 9, 8 central. Do you want to recreate a truly connected relationship or wonder, how do I tell my kids about things? Join Lou Paget, one of the world's best-selling authors in the field of sexuality, a certified sex educator and sought-after expert for all media and her renowned expert guests as they discuss anything and everything about sex that impacts our lives and our families' lives. For more on Lou, check out her website, loupaget.com. This is the show where the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health can finally give you the answer to that question. Join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget, Wednesday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a bug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. Lisa told you to hold your imagination. And so I hope you're doing just that as we are talking with Lori Beth Jones, who is a great creative genius on imagination. And she's also an internationally recognized best-selling author, speaker, coach, and trainer. And Lori Beth, you were just talking to us about creating your space. And I I think this is so significant because so many times um, we are the dreamers versus the doers. And we walk around and we we keep dreaming of all these things that we want to accomplish or we're praying, okay, God, we, we really just 
pour it all out to you, just use us, and then we don't create space or time to have God even allow that to happen. To, you know, we, we pray it, but then we don't make room for it. Mm-hmm. And I love what you're saying about creating that space, even if it means going to Starbucks, because I, I and I'm guilty of it myself, where I think, well, I'm going to wait until my child goes off to college and then I'll have a room or I'm going to wait for this. And if I could just clean out my, my closet and maybe put a desk in there, you know, you hear Mm -hmm. talking that way. And it's instead of just, like you said, an hour a day, just make it happen. So, um, that, that just being intentional with that, um, is so encouraging, um, to any other tips in creating that space. Well, I think that, um, you know, the notion of sitting at a desk, that's kind of gone by the wayside. And as you know, I have this personality profile called Path Elements Profile about earth, water, wind, and fire. So the earth personalities might want to sit at a desk. The winds, we're going to take our laptop and find a place, even if it's on a beach with, where we can scrunch up against a rock, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not going to sit tied to a desk very much. Um, so... You just have to get quiet and think and write your thoughts down. You know, the Renaissance, all those people whose works are still around, Da Vinci, Michelangelo, artists, they kept notebooks and they jotted things down all the time. We do not record our thoughts. We we take in other people's thoughts. Mm. But when are we writing down our own? Mm. So that would be not only create the time, Find the space, but write down your own thoughts. Uh, one of the, it's funny you mentioned Michelangelo because Lisa uh, loves the quote of, I saw the angel in the marble and carved until I set him free. Exactly. That is doing. That time with that. Yeah. Just find that space. Yes. I wanted to give you a quote. Um, I have it in the beginning of my book. It's from Imagining World by Brian Anderson. And he says, In my dream, the angel shrugged and said, if we fail this time, it will be a failure of imagination. And then she placed the world gently in the palm of my hand. Mm. Okay, you have us with your quotes. Quotes are so, I no, I'm just taking this in because quotes, um, they just so resonate and cause you to think uh, and differently. Um, And you you mentioned Anne, um, and Lindbergh earlier, I her book Gift from the Sea. Right. I read that book every summer, beginning of the summer. It's kind of mm-hmm. like my thing to launch me in. And every I'm always amazed at um, how you you see something different each summer because you're in a different spot. Right. And and it just causes you to think. But you're talking about like recording, and we don't do that so much anymore. Like you and and like you said, we take other people's thoughts, not our own. And I don't know how we've lost that, but do you carry a physical notebook with you? How do you jot down your thoughts to, to keep it, oh, yes, and to keep I it have, organized I, then? <laughs> I have so many journals, and I carry, I like sketchbooks because I don't want to write on lines. Because lines make you think in a linear fashion, and that's not how the brain works. Ooh. So I keep a blank sketchbook, and I've actually figured out how to make a strap that goes over it and attach it so that I can carry it hands-free. But, yes, I carry a blank notebook everywhere I go. 
See, wow. that's just a good discipline to have to have. And and we don't we don't do that. Again, you know, Patty, we were talking about your dreamer, you have good intentions. And right. Do that. And then but we don't make it happen. And so just and have it make it easy where you can't just pick it up, not mm-hmm. complicated so that you'll actually do it. That's right. That's exactly a trick right. I found. It's like, how do I set my day up for success? And what does that look like? You know, and, and it's a few, just a few little simple things that we could all do to make our days more significant and more productive. Yes, yes. And you were speaking of quotes earlier, and I wanted to share a quote, um, which is actually taken from the Book of Wisdom in the Jerusalem Bible. Mm. And it, it gives a description of wisdom. And it's going to take me about a minute to read it. Can I just read it? Because it's the most beautiful parade of words in the English language. Absolutely. Okay. So this is from um, the Book of Wisdom 7, 22 through 30, Jerusalem Bible, in praise of wisdom. Within her is a spirit intelligent, holy, unique, manifold, subtle, active, incisive, unsullied, lucid, invulnerable, benevolent, shrewd, irresistible. And then I'm going to skip, skip down. She is so pure, she pervades and permeates all things. She is the breath of the power of God, pure emanation of the glory of the Almighty, so nothing impure can find its way into her. She is a reflection of the eternal light, untarnished mirror of God's active power and image of all goodness. Although alone, she can do all. Herself unchanging, she makes all things new. She turns people into God's friends and prophets. She deploys her strength from one end of the world to the other, and she governs the whole world for its good. Ooh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that and I let, and I skipped out some of the, you know I skipped over some of the yeah. other words, but she's you, quicker to move than any motion. Do you do that a lot, um, Lori Beth, where you read quotes as you sit there with your non-linear page thinking? Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's and that great. passage. I have contemplated that passage for twenty years. Wow. Uh, and I've tried to memorize each word because it is who God created us to be as women. Hmm. Although alone, we can do all. Herself hmm. unchanging, she makes all things new. It's this mystery of power and love. Um, it's profound. That is and, profound. Do you, uh, just even just tips for our listeners out there with their children, where sometimes you, not that it's ever too late um, to create your space in your time now, but also to be able to um, boost that within your children. Um, have you, let me just ask you a personal question. When you were sure. younger, when you were writing your thoughts down, did you have a tendency to write things on the dark side? You know, I, I'm just looking at like the puberty age of, of kids <laughs> and the poems that are out there now, is that, yes. has that always been, or is that a newer, I'm a victim, it's dark, my boyfriend's broken up with me, it's this whole depressing tone? Well, I think part of that is, um, I don't know if you saw that viral video of a little girl who starts crying because she realizes her brother may die some, someday. She's five years old. <laughs> Oh, wow. And 
we go from this innocence of nothing bad can happen to us, for those of us who are lucky to have that kind of childhood, to the realization that there is evil in the world and that bad things can happen. And so I think as puberty approaches and young people realize they're starting to be the adults, they face those shadows because they're leaving their childhood, Mm. however it may have been. And so they get engulfed in shadows. And I think it's easy to, to get into a rut of thinking that way if you don't consciously, you know, look on the bright side. Optimism is a discipline. It's not necessarily just a gift. Hmm. That's a that's a good thought. And that's great insight for moms that are out there going, okay, my child is writing some, you know, now that Instagram and some of this like dark, Mm -hmm. dark messages that are going out there. That's what they're dealing with right now. Right. And I think too, certainly get help. I mean, if you see that there's just a preponderance of darkness, then you want to you want to catch that before they they really Mm -hmm. go over. Well, that was just a random, random question. I just made me think of when you were younger, have you seen this whole different writing? I mean, obviously the skill of it has, has changed, but have you also just seen a difference where you go, oh yeah, that was the season when I was going through this. And yes, this was when I was in high school. This is when I was in college. This is when, you know, I, Oh, I sure. Hit, yeah. You know, yeah. When uh, I look at, you know, at they published some of my poems when I was uh, 14 in the newspaper (laughs) and there's the courage of Frederick the fair, which was the young man that was shot going over the Berlin wall. And then it was about hypocrites and it was about, you know, Uh I I was 14. So I was really thinking about the sadness in the world and the, you know, the hypocrisy and all of that stuff. But fortunately I didn't stay there. (laughs) Well, tell us, we only have two minutes. Tell us about how we, you mentioned where we could find your book, but right. just just all the exciting things that are taking place about the book and where we can find you again. Okay, well, it's lauriebethjones.com, and it's the Contessa Chronicles, and it uh, I actually rewrote the creation story in the book, which mm. is hilarious because, you know, the way it's written, um, Eve was an afterthought and an accessory taken from below the armpit of man, and I just really don't think that's how it happened. I think that's <laughs> an interpretation that we have been sold, mm. and particularly when you read about wisdom and what God thinks about wisdom and that wisdom was with him in the beginning, it's like, come on, why do we buy a narrative of um, second classism? You know, if you, if you read the book of Genesis and if you put the word black wherever woman is, no pastor would stand up and read that because it would be blatant racism. But sexism is somehow accepted because it was written into the book. So that's kind of the big elephant that I'm going after here, but it's done in a way that's uh, kind of refreshing and funny, and it's not angry. It's like, come on, let's just wake up. (laughs) We're not second class. (laughs) We're not afterthoughts. We're not accessories. Well, Lori Beth, we got to out, and we encourage our listeners to grab your book and to go to your website, LoriBethJones.com. You are a delight. We can't wait to again. We'll be right okay. back. All right. Well, thank you both, Rady. ladies, for, for having me on the show. Blessings to thank you. Thank you.
This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. I am not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet. This is your chance, ladies, to hear stories of hope and healing from someone who's been there. Someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of this trauma, she has gone on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm Free is a straight-up show to enlighten you and to lighten your load. Do not let the weight of this world or the things that have happened to you control your life. For more on the show and Diane and her book, The Story of Me, email her directly from her show page here on Toginet. Then, join us for I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. Deborah Rainey accomplished something very few authors are able to do with their first book. Her debut novel, A Vow to Cherish, inspired the worldwide pictures film of the same title and launched her writing career after 20 happy years as a stay-at-home mom, which, by the way, is so encouraging to all the moms out there that this can happen to you. And since then, her books have won numerous awards. Her newest novel, Home to Chicory Lane, was just released in August. Deborah and her husband, Ken, recently traded small-town life in Kansas, the setting of many of her novels, for life in the relatively big city of Wichita, where they enjoy gardening and traveling to visit her four children and growing brood of grandchildren who all live much too far away. Deborah, welcome to Girlfriend It. Thank you. It's great to be with you today. Well, how is it in your neck of the woods today? Are you having some sunny weather? We are having sunny weather. We have wind, which is not unusual in Kansas. But uh, my husband and I were out early this morning garage sailing. It's kind of a new um, hobby of ours since we moved to Wichita, and oh. it was actually pretty cool this morning. So. Don't tell Lisa that. she She's kind of getting hooked <laughs> on that as well. So um, we're kind of reining her back in and at least maybe <laughs> giving her a budget for uh, how much she can spend when she goes out there and hits the driveways. 
<laughs> a budget is a good idea. <laughs> well, Deborah, I think you and I could be good friends um, because the garage sailing, I, I totally am hooked on that. To me, it's like a guy version of going hunting where you're looking for that right, you know, find and you, you yes. get that treasure. And yep. I, I just love because you get unique things and it's always such a challenge and the, the conquest and the quest. Of, so I am so with you on that. And the other thing is, notice on your website, you have pictures of your office, your writing space. Yes. You're, yes. you're just talking with Lori Beth Jones about that space um, to be able to let your thoughts, you know, be created and to kind of emerge in your imagination to run. And you, you show us on your website where that, what that place looks like for you. And I was amazed because I, I love that place. I wanted to come sit in there with you. And I am such <laughs> a, a place person, my environment around me. Yeah. It matters to me how it really uh, it evokes emotions and uh, and causes me how I, you know, I mean, it really does matter to me. And so I appreciate that about you. So Patty mocks me. Well, for thank it, but. you. Uh, but I have to be honest and, and say, and this probably will be an encouragement to people who don't yet have a place of their own. My first three or maybe four novels were written at our kitchen table, which was our only table at the time. And every day when the kids came home from school, I had to take my computer and put it in the closet and move all my research books. And um, I'm here to tell you that you don't have to have a cool office to be an author, but I'm, I, it's kind of fun after all these years to have that space for myself. So that's well, that. I, I love hearing that because it is so encouraging. When when Lisa and I first started um, putting a ministry together, it was like you said that same thing where you're you really don't have a space, and uh -huh. you're. I mean, sometimes it could be your computer could be on top of the um, you know washing machine as you're putting. Yes. <laughs> you're just typing up ideas. Exactly. And you're, you're moving the laundry <laughs> off the dryer so you can put the you know put your computer down. So it. Yeah. it you just have to want it so badly. That That's you're right. It's a good test of, of your passion for what you're doing. It really is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, Deborah, we are so excited to hear what's going on with your new book. And it sounds like it has a little flair of the empty nester, um, yes. which I, I'm not there yet. And Lisa rubs it in pretty much daily that I'm not there yet. Um, <laughs> but she's making me want it badly. Um, tell us a little bit more about um, what made you go this route and what inspired you to, to write about this book. Sure. Well, I was at a conference and I was, um, we were having some downtime. My, my friend, Courtney Walsh and I, she's a, a wonderful author as well. And we were just talking about our families and just telling some of our family stories. And at some point in the conversation, she said, Deb, you have so many cool family stories. You, why don't you put those stories in a book? And I uh, assured her that my family would probably not appreciate me <laughs> publishing some of our stories. But um, she's right. I, I do have a big, warm, extended family. I'm the oldest of five children, and I married an oldest of five children. And uh, so between the two of us, we have big uh, families and we have warm and loving families. Now, don't hear me saying that we're perfect because we're certainly not. But um, we, you know, I think both of our families have just figured out ways to um, enjoy each other and work through our differences and really be, you know, what family should be. And so a lot of just those principles have gone into 
the novels in this series. And the first one is out um, just this month. And then the se- – well, actually, it came out in August. I keep forgetting this is September already. <laughs> but the second book is finished and on my editor's desk, and I'm working on the third book right now. So it's been a lot of fun to write about families that are very similar to mine. Mm. Now, h- how many hours a day do you think you put into writing these novels? Well, it kind of depends on what you deter- what you uh, consider to be the writing part. A lot of research happens, even though probably more with this book than with any other, I'm writing what I know. Um, there's still just so much research that, you know, has to go into even a contemporary novel. Um, but if you're talking about just the writing, the actual getting the words on the page, I probably spend three to four hours a day writing. Now, sometimes I will be emptying the dishwasher or folding laundry or staring mindlessly into space, and my husband will come up to ask me something, and I can truly say, don't bother me, I'm writing, um, because so much of the imagination part happens when I don't have my hands on the keyboard or a pencil in hand. Um, so it, it's hard for me to separate out all the different parts of writing. Um, but as far as just actually putting words on the page, my goal for, uh, for every day is a thousand words a day. And sometimes I can get those without those thousand words done in one hour. Sometimes it takes me all day long. It just depends on if the scene is flowing or, uh, if, you know, the inspiration is there. Sometimes I just have to write whether it's there or not and fix it later. That's interesting. That goal, I haven't heard that where it's a thousand words because you're right. I, you hear people going, you know, an hour a day or, you know, mm-hmm. I, I try to, um, you know, spend this much time just thinking about it, but to actually get a thousand words on the page, that's definitely moving from the dreamer stage to the doer stage. Yes. yes. You, and you can see that progress in the little bar at the bottom of your program. So yeah, and and that that's so my temperament where I want to see the results at the end yeah. of the day. Because um, sometimes you you put a lot of time into what you're doing, and yet you you don't have the results to to show for it. Yeah, I, Lisa and I were just talking about the book thief. Are you? Did you read that book? Yes, when- I, I actually saw the movie. And usually, I want to I want to read the book first, but I didn't in that case. But I loved the movie. Well, it's interesting when you, and you probably already know the background on the story, but how um, the author talks about that, just putting in the hours and hours and the years of writing that one novel and then changing the perspective of who it was coming from, you know, who was actually writing. Who was telling the story. Who's telling the story. And I just, I find that just so intriguing on how many, how much work really goes into a novel uh, yeah. like that? Yes, and then it takes readers just a few short hours to read the book and, and be ready for the next one. So yes. that, that's always uh, um, kind of discouraging when you think about it that way. <laughs> so true. And it, 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 all the effort that you know that you put in, blood, sweat, and tears, mm-hmm. and then somebody just, you know, a few hours and it's done. <laughs> okay. yeah. well, we were talking earlier. We were talking show about just using imagination, how we 
Um, so many of us have quit using our imaginations. You see people, mm -hmm. we're just, we do more imitation than imagination and mm -hmm. letting our, uh, you know, letting our thoughts really kind of percolate and, and, and brew. And Patty and I, we always laugh because we have some of our best thoughts like in the shower, you know, um, like yeah. getting ready in the morning and we'll call each other and go, okay, my shower thought for today was, and, um, <laughs> or, or driving. It's, it's those times when your mind yeah. is just kind of at ease and it's, there's nothing you know, pressing that you have to think about. And it's when the thoughts come and to yeah. be ready, like Lori Beth was saying how she has, you know, an open sketchbook right there to write the thoughts down. And you're talking about how you may be unloading the dishwasher and a thought mm -hmm. comes and you have to create those open spaces that will allow the thoughts and your imagination to, to percolate and to go. And yeah. it's, it's always fascinating to hear how like your novels, you're taking stories, even your own personal stories letting mm -hmm. your imagination go with them and develop them. We don't take right. the time as individuals, even as our culture, to let things develop because we want instant gratification. So yeah. how do you address, because that is, that is a discipline. And when life is screaming at because you, you, know, you, you raised your kids and it wasn't until you were an empty nester that you really started allowing this to really, you know, to develop and grow what kind of advice mm -hmm. or tips would you give even women that feel like I have a story inside that needs to be mm -hmm. written um mm -hmm. and and I but yet the reality of my life is I have three children under five and yes. you know this and so how would you address to to emerging writers or people that have a story whether they're or just something is their legacy to pass on to their children or just to sure. record things what are some things you would give to to busy moms see women. Sure. You know, I, I grew up on a farm and I, I really, I mean, I know there's lots of, of authors who are city people and that's, I totally understand that, but I don't think I would have been a writer if it were not for that. Um, for, for several reasons, one being that we had to make our own entertainment and my brother and my three sisters were my favorite playmates. They were my only playmates because we lived eight miles from town, but we were allowed to just roam the farm and use our imaginations and make up games and make up stories. Um, we would go to the public library one time a week, and I, if I remember right, there there was a rule that each child in a family could only check out five or ten books, but we would get the maximum stack of books that we could, and we would go home and we would read them over and over again. Um, it seems to me, and, and I've asked my parents about this, but it seems to me that every summer our television broke down. And, you know, I've accused my parents of, of breaking the TV set or just unplugging us and telling us it was broken, and they don't seem to remember that. But I do know that, uh, you know, our Deborah, television Deborah, time we're gonna was limited. Deborah, we're going to stop and take a quick break. Hold that thought. Sure. We'll be right back. Will do. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. 
My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. As a member of the baby boomer generation, you want insights and ideas that factor into planning for, making choices about, and activating your new or mothballed dreams. As a boomer, you can learn how to act on your visions by tuning into the Awakening to Awareness show on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. If you are inspired to follow your own path, step into new directions, and are excited about what you, as a recent or soon-to-be retiree, can do with your life. This is your show. Listen to the show that focuses on self-belief and possibilities for emerging seniors who look forward to life's third act with dread or amazing promise. Host Eric Tonigson and his guests share entertaining ideas and explore strategies to reignite your passions and shift your intentions into action. In his naturally curious and motivating ways, Eric explores personal values, shares wisdom, and encourages you to unlock and live your potential and purpose. Join Eric and his Awakening to Awareness show on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern on the TogiNet. Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Are talking with Deborah Rainey, and she is an amazing author with these poignant new um, insights. And we're going to actually switch gears. We've been talking about just using your imagination, having those fabulous shower thoughts, and um, taking it from being a dreamer and moving that into the doer stage. And Deborah, I just want to switch gears a little bit and talk about how in your newest novel. You you are talking about just the love of family and how it kind of parallels with the family that you grew up in, but how the family helps us through difficult times. So just kind of share with us some of your insights on, on how we can impact the listeners um, to talk about that. When life storms hit, uh, as a parent, is, is your job ever really done? It really isn't, but it certainly changes a lot. Um, and I love the fact that we have moved from being the disciplinarians of our children to really just being their friends and kind of being on-call advisors. And we've tried really hard to not offer advice to our kids unless we're asked for it. Um, and I'm sure we've probably failed in, in some places. And it helps a lot, actually, that they live far away. Um, much as I hate that my grandchildren are are hours away from us, I do think that that has helped them to establish their own families and has not been a bad thing. Uh, and we do a real good job of getting together several times a year and just thoroughly enjoy that time, you know, when we're there. 
Um, I do think communication continues to be probably the most important thing. Um, and the fact that we can talk about if we, you know, if we, if somebody hurts someone's feelings or we have issues between us, that we can talk it out and keep talking until we come up with a solution. Great tip, by the way, on not giving advice unless you've been asked. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you, you always hear of these, you know, just relationships that are severed. And when you peel back the layers, it's exactly what you just said. You're giving advice when no one's asking for your advice. Yeah. And as a parent, that's a really, really hard thing to push the off button, push the delete it button. Is. It is, especially when you can see that you would do things differently. Um, and I think that's, you know, a mindset I've had to change, too, that just because my kids do things a little differently than I would choose to do it or than, than my husband and I did do it, you know, when we were parents, doesn't mean their way is wrong. Um, it just means their way is different, and that's okay. My my struggle now that we're uh, let me get on the couch here so I can have my therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I I just have two that um, are recently in in college. So uh, this is can we have another hour, please? I'm looking. At <laughs> it would take at least that, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, is I you know what? It's so funny because I obviously am getting close to the empty nester stage because my my mind completely went blank there as I was getting ready to lay on the couch. But um <laughs> on on giving that advice, I so many times look at my childhood exactly what you were saying and it was so wonderful that I want my kids to relive what I did. And so yeah. if they're choosing other things than what I thought was so much fun, I, I struggle with that. It's like, no, 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 you want to be on this team. And no, 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 you want yes. to like have this group. It's going to be so fun to, you know, be involved with the, the church and do this. or And so you, you try to um, almost like relive your, your childhood mm -hmm. in sharing what you want them to do. So it, yes. it's hard. Yeah. And it's especially hard if, you're, if your child is very different than you are. Um, just personality-wise, you know, and that that happens. You know, our kids are not clones of us. So, yes. Well, so so share with us in, in your book. Um, do you talk about that? That when you're the the children are leaving and the the change that takes place when that happens. Uh huh. And and one of the things that I've really had fun exploring is when. Um, mom and dad see things differently. And um, Ken and I have found that we really help each other, you know, to understand the other kids. And, and yet sometimes some of the, some of the biggest conflict is because we see things differently, the two of us. And, uh, it, you know, you, you tend to want to take sides. The great thing about it as a writer is that um, novels need to have lots and lots of conflict, so I can pick up on even a little bit of conflict in real life and turn it into a major issue in a novel. And um, that's, you know, that's one of the things that happens in the first book is uh, one of the the children, each one of the five books in the Home to Chicory Lane series, or Home to Chicory Lane is the first book, but the Chicory Inn series um, will deal with one of the children of the empty nest couple. It will be their story. And in the first book, it's their youngest daughter, and she's barely a newlywed, but she and her husband are already having problems getting along. And um, 
So it, it's just it's been really fun to explore those things um, in a way that you know in real life it's a little bit harder to, to fix problems. In a novel, I can decide which way the novel's going to go, and I can fix the problems as easily or not as I choose. So. Well, I, Do you, I have I have to just like um, switch gears here on a on a personal question it, on your website. You actually have pictures of the actors and actresses that you would imagine would play mm-hmm. these roles really well. And I well played Deborah, I must say <laughs> genius idea to throw that. This is, this is who I see um, uh-huh. making these roles happen. What, what made you think of that and be so bold to put it out there? Well, I am just such a visual person. And at the same time, I've always preferred a book cover to not show what the characters look like because I would prefer to, to you know, to make them up in my own mind. And um, so I hope that people will still feel free to do that. But I've found that readers really do like seeing that kind of thing. They like to see my, my bulletin board, you know, of inspiration and ideas. And I think maybe because I'm married to an artist, my husband is an illustrator and artist and has been as long as I've known him. I, he's kind of helped me to see things more visually. And it, it really does help a lot. Um, just to be able to look up at this board or at, at my computer screen now is where I, I keep all those uh, images and um, just be able to picture exactly what that character looks like and to see at a glance, oh, that's right, I gave him green eyes. And I think almost every writer can tell you that they've had one or two books where their character's eyes started out blue and by the end of the novel they were green <laughs> because you just forget those kind of details. So yeah. that's another advantage to having images on a board that you can refer to. Mm. Well, I have a question. When you're talking about all, uh, you know, digging like real life stories and you're like, I you take a little bit of conflict and then I can exaggerate it. And you're in uh-huh. control of the scene as a writer. Do, yeah. do you ever have like sitting around the, the you know, the, the table, the family table and everybody's together and they're like, okay, mom, really? Did you have to write about that? <laughs> I mean, do you have those where they're like going, I'm afraid to live life because I'm going to be on the pages, you know, suddenly yeah. like, okay, I just saw so-and-so on that page. I mean, that's got to yeah. be fun. You can have a lot of humor with that, but do you guys have those conversations where you have I, taken the liberties with some of the, the real-life stories? Uh-huh. You know, I, especially with this series, I have tried so hard to not make it that any true stories about our family. Um, there are a few little things that, that would not be offensive to anyone that I did pull and use. And I've been surprised how much our adult kids have fun finding our family in the stories, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I, I really do think it's a responsibility of any writer to be very um, tender and careful in what you write that it doesn't offend or hurt anyone in your family. Um, because my career would be nothing if I lost my family over it, you know. It's not worth that. Uh, and yet, our our youngest son had not yet read one of my books, and his then fiance, now wife, guilted him into finally reading one. And uh, he called me and said, "I loved it." And he he recognized our family. He said, "I just saw our family in that book over and over and over again," and he liked it. He thought that was cool. So. Okay, that's fun. That's fun. When, and bringing your kids in, and, and it's so funny, he, you know, your, your son hadn't read your books yet. I mean, it's, it's your mm-hmm. mom. 
you know. That's, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. And, 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 and my kids always, so, they were never impressed by the fact that I was a published author, well, which our, is great. Our kids really do keep us humble, don't they? It's just mm-hmm. so funny. Um, okay, we only have a couple of minutes, so we have to end the show. And first of all, thank you so much for joining us. You have been a delight and love hearing the backstories and the stories um, about your book and your characters and how you have um, allowed your imagination to come and, you know, take take place on, on, a, on a blank piece of paper and watch it come alive. Can you um, give our readers how they can find you? find information, how they can get your book, and just any closing thoughts you would like to to leave with our listeners. Sure. Um, They can find me on my website, which is just myname.com, DeborahRainey.com, and Deborah is spelled the biblical way, D-E-B-O-R-A-H. Rainey is R-A-N-E-Y. And links to my Facebook page and my Pinterest pages and all the other, uh, any other way that they would like to connect are there on my website. Um, along with um, information on ordering the book, that you can find Home to Chicory Lane in uh, your local Christian bookstore or any other bookstore. And if they don't have it, please ask them to order it. And I would appreciate that very much. Great. Well, it's just been so fun today just talking about the imagination. And then as an author that you actually, you take it from the dreaming stage to actually doing it. And just some great tips you've given us and, you know, just writing and and keeping your thoughts down and seizing those moments when you're doing the ordinary, um, you know, task in life, whether unloading a dishwasher Mm -hmm. or doing the laundry and a thought comes to you to to take the time to write it down. And you never know what God can use with that. And um, you've been such an inspiration to us to just really challenging us and doing that. So thank you for joining us today, Deborah. And we look forward to reading your book and to hearing more about in the future and having you join our show again. So well, we thank to our you. Listeners, it's been my pleasure. Say, well, and to our listeners, we hope you've had a great time today on our show and hope you're leaving this conversation inspired to let your own creative juices flow and see what great places your imagination can take you. We encourage you to have a great day. Thanks for joining our show and, and take notes on just life and the moments um, of life. Have a great day. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show.